I'm Josh Barrow. And I'm Lynette Lopez. And this is Hard Pass. We are here with Felix Salmon, America's Most British Man. Let's do clothing. Let's do clothing. I have like 15 minutes. How to so look that... like a British person. Okay. I think I think we need to give some perspective for listeners first who may not have seen Felix. Felix has a, a reputation for his jaunty shirts. Jaunty. So jaunty. There was a, a Goldman Sachs elevator sort of guide to dressing on Wall Street recently. And one thing it said is, you know, don't wear colorful socks. It doesn't give your clothing personality. It just makes you look British. Shout out to John Lefebvre. Honestly, the only person I know who wears colorful socks is George H.W. Bush, who's the, you who can't, is adorable. Who has great socks, um, but is not very British. I want to be clear about this because it's exactly the same as the conversation we were having about Brexit. If you want to look British, what you do is you put on a beer-stained T-shirt and a pair of you know, oh, old God, saggy you are, jeans. You are so mean and a to bunch your own of people. White trainers. No, no, no. Here's the thing: I know a few. I know a few American men who, and most of the ones that I know who do do this, I'm talking, are billionaires who've kind of picked up this habit of dressing really well. How do you teach Americans to have the confidence to dress better? Especially in the U.S., there's an incredible conservatism when it comes to menswear. Men's, men are basically not interested in doing anything different. I think that one way we can talk about men's clothing in the U.S. is talk about the digital, the what e-commerce has done for men's fashion, which is in the last, you know, five years, the revenue that has been collected in menswear has, you know, actually kind of exploded because the digital world has changed the shopping experience for men. Men used to be very uncomfortable wandering around a store, like they hate all that stuff. And it's very public. And I've, what I've noticed in covering men's fashion is that um, men and their clothing are a very private affair, at least here in the United States. In the UK, that's a different matter. You know, men talk about clothing. They are very public about what they like and what they dislike and all that stuff. That hasn't really happened here yet. You know, shopping online has that element of privacy. But on the other hand, I, I hate shopping for clothes online because you order it and it comes and it doesn't fit. And then you have to send it back and you have to find a return label. And then you have to wait for the for the size replacement to come. So, right. That's, so- a, that's important. That's an important point. And that's why what's been happening in men's fashion is that companies start off at as an e-commerce platform, and then they get a brick-and-mortar store. And like, then... This is like Bonobos? This is like Bonobos. This is like Combatant Gentlemen. It's a lot of brands who, okay, we started online, We you trust us now, and now we can have a store, and you'll actually go in and talk to us. The thing here is that you just get to choose. One of the things which it's hard for a lot of men to get up the self-confidence to do they're like i don't want to be making those decisions i want to outsource those decisions to a fashion designer who knows these things better than i do but once you're in the habit of making those decisions and saying i like this kind of lapel i like this kind of lining i like this kind of collar you never go back when do you learn that as a british kid it's inherited I mean, his last name is Salmon. The like color of his pants was predetermined. <laughs> I had the I had a, the great opportunity to hang out with the head of fabric of Tom Ford last year in Biella, Italy, where they create all the fabric that goes into suits like Zegna to J Crew everywhere around the world. So I would go to these factories with Matteo Fatone, and we would take out the old swatch books and look at all these different fabrics and play a game. The game was where would you sell this material. I would pick like this disgusting mustard yellow color and say, where do you sell this material? And he would say, the Middle East. A really boring plaid. I'm like, okay, this is definitely the UK. He's like, no, China. 
And then I picked the most ridiculous fuchsia, plaid, like obnoxious color. And he goes, that's the UK. And also Germany. It's, well, what the it's, hell? It's like... It's the dandyism, right? Oh. That you get to show, you know, you, it's the place where you get to express your, as um, Nicolas Cage put it in Wild at Heart, your individual, individuality and sense of personal freedom. You, you, you get to do that in your jackets, and especially in the lining of your jackets. Like, a lot of British men will look quite sober from the outside, but the minute they open their suits and you see what the lining is, you're like, oh. Oh, I um, like that. It feels to me like when we see men on Wall Street who who dress well, it often feels like they're dressing in a way to explicitly to show how expensive their clothing shopping is. That it's not so much about this is this is a fabulous suit and it's expensive because it's fabulous. It's more that it's it's fabulous because Absolutely. it's expensive. And, and, and that is also, you know, if you go to a trading floor and where everyone's wearing jeans and T-shirts and everyone's competing on who can wear the most expensive watch. The other element of Wall Street dressing, you remember, is that the lower on the totem pole you are, the more boring you're supposed to dress. So if you're a guy who, you know, you're not supposed to wear Gucci bit loafers unless you're a managing director. That's too flashy. So if you're, you know, if you have a lining pop in your suit or if you're wearing Culver socks or you're, you happen to be able to rock like a pocket square, it's because you're a badass. And if you're a little bitch in a theory suit, it means you're a loser. Be nice to me. No, don't be nice to me. It was great to see you. Thank you, Lena. I know you don't mean it. What? Of course not. <laughs> I'll see you guys around. Hard Pass is produced by Ben Riskin. Our cover art is by John Fulton, and the music you are hearing is by Aaron Leader. 